Hello, and my name is Peter Rushma, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners and professionals just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we're here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, frank and raw conversations. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm joined by our HR consultant, Nikki Morby, to discuss all things IR35. It's to, to stop disguised employees and to ensure that self-employed people are correctly self-employed. Listen in and see if it affects your business. Hi, Nikki Morby has joined me. She is an HR consultant and uh, supports us at Flagship as well as uh, HR Your Business Matters. So, uh, Nikki, thanks for joining me. How are you doing today? Yeah, you're very welcome. I'm good. Thank you. Good. And it's not raining, so that's even better, isn't it? Um, I really appreciate you joining me today. So um, one of the things that is coming up soon that is going to be really, really important, particularly in the transport sector, is IR35. And I know it's something that we've been speaking to a few of our clients about recently. Um, But I wondered if you'd be able to just sort of share a bit more about IR35 and the impact that it's going to have on transport operators. So first of all, what is IR35, Nikki? Yeah, so IR35 um, actually relates back to a legislation that was brought in way back when by Gordon Brown in 2000. Um, and like some legislations, it, it failed to kind of really embed. Um, so there's been reinforcements. So this IR35 legislation was actually supposed to come into force in the public sector and the private sector last April. Um, but because of all things pandemic um, and COVID related, um, whilst it went through within the public sector, actually it was pushed back for 12 months for the private sector. So um, we are seeing it come into force as of April this year so we're kind of just going into February now aren't we and and what's worth noting I think because business owners me included you Pete and, and probably our you know many of our clients we've been so busy over the last 12 months focusing towards the pandemic and, and things like that that IR35 has kind of just slipped under the radar and actually it's really close now and a lot of people just aren't aware of of what it really means. I think I think there's um, there's this challenge, like you say, that everyone's been so busy with COVID and everything else and furlough and all of those challenges that it's sort of slipping under the radar. But it's really soon, isn't it? April, so we're only we're only a couple of months away. So people need to start having some conversations now, right? So with IR35, um, so talking specifically about the transport sector, I suppose with uh, with particularly my clients, but I know this is relevant across the board. um, What is Self-employed worker. Yeah, IR35. Basically, the legislation is um, going to bring into force um, the possibility of investigations into businesses. That if HMRC decides to do an investigation with with your, you know, your clients. The investigation can span back six years. And what it's going to do is try and, again, close that loophole where we've got disguised employees 
within businesses. Um, so it's it's a tax legislation. So basically, if you're an employee within a business, you will have deductions, tax and national insurance before you receive your weekly or monthly pay. And as a business owner, um, you will also make contributions. From a self-employed perspective, you're responsible for, for paying your own tax. And obviously, self-employed individuals pay themselves in the most tax-efficient way. And it might be a cross between dividends and wages and, and other things you see. So what HMRC have said is basically there's disguised employees or disguised workers within businesses where they're deemed as a contractor, self-employed contractor, but actually the level of control of the employer is weighted quite high or actually they're not completing any other work. They're not acting in a way of which they're a true self-employed contractor um, or a limited business, say, with multiple clients, etc. So it's to identify what is a true contractor and what is a uh, hidden or disguised employee. Um, and the responsibilities are either going to be from April um, for business owners to deduct tax before the invoice is paid um, or to obviously dispute employment status. It might be actually that they need to go on the books as a worker or an employee um, or you're identified as a true self-employed individual um, and you'll be responsible for paying your own, your own tax as you are doing. But where the confusion lies is that there doesn't seem to be as much knowledge and information out there. So people are still very confused around, well, okay, I've got these contractors associated with my business, but what does it actually look like? How do I know for sure whether they're self-employed or whether they're actually disguised workers? And that's what the confusion is, Pete. Perfect. Okay. Uh, just a quick hello. I've got uh, Martin Jones who said hi on the chat, as well as Michelle Wilson Stimson. So hi to you guys. Hi Martin. Uh, hi Michelle. Hope you guys are enjoying uh, listening to Nikki share her expertise on IR35. Um, Nikki, so there's I've got quite a few questions sort of off the back of that. If if a driver classes himself as self-employed but works actually no let's go the agency route does it affect for example drivers who drive for an agency and um i know some of them will be self-employed for example how would that work so agencies is one of those areas pete that's probably the more complex than the limited businesses going straight into the uh, business itself it very much depends whether the agency worker is on the agency's payroll or on an umbrella company payroll. Um, and I've had a handful of these questions and queries, and I've done a number of assessments in regards to agency and umbrella. Um, and I would say, go back to your terms and conditions, have the conversation with your agency first and foremost, document as much as possible to know whether um, the assessment has been done with their agency workers and what that looks like, but get independent assessment and advice outside of this um, to make sure that as a business owner you're covered and that any tax responsibilities lies with the agency, the umbrella company or yourselves. Of course, okay. Um, and another query that I have is that I know that a few transport operators have their own driver agencies as well. So I suppose mm -hmm. that that then creates some uh, challenge with clarity because they're the driving agency may provide into the operator themselves, but they may also subcontract them out to other 
transport companies? Yeah, so it's um, it's worth very much doing the prep work before this, this comes in. And it's about sitting down and being really clear who you've got contracting into your business um, and who you have under what agreements within agencies and establishing where that responsibility lies. So if they're agency in the truest sense of agency and they're on the agency's payroll, then it will be their responsibility to do that assessment as we understand it. But any contributions that are um, needing to be paid will obviously be deducted off of the pay of the agency worker, which is how it works at the moment. There are some differences within different industries and, and uh, transport is one of them. But without having a look at the, for, at the terms, it's pretty hard to say, no, this is a blanket rule that fits everybody because unfortunately that's not the case. With regards uh, sort of business owners and transport managers, what would be that they're, they're, they're listening and they're hearing that there's a bit of a challenge with IR35? How do they first start to uh, explore that, please, Nikki, and, and sort of find out where to go and what information to find out? Yeah. So, um, so the first thing to do is to make a note of, like I said, everybody that they've got contracting into the business. Um, and then understanding from that agreement, the terms in place, um, whether those individuals work ad hoc as and when or whether it's a regular thing. And um, you need to establish whether you're considered inside of IR35 or outside of IR35. And dependent on which one you are, you will be responsible potentially as the business owner to make those deductions um, before their invoices is paid. And how that's done, there's two different pieces to this piece. So let me just cover them both off separately and try not to cause confusion. So from this April, whether the business owner is responsible or the contractor is responsible is dependent on the size of the business. So HMRC have actually been really clear that if you're considered a small business, okay, or the contractor is, is working in a small business, the contractor will remain responsible for paying their own taxes, okay? Only on a big business is it the business owner's responsibility. And the definition they've given as what's small and what's big, because as we know, that changes depending on what you're looking at, is they have to have a turnover of over 10.2 million, okay? They have to have over 50 heads, and they have to have a balance sheet of over 5.1 million. So you need two of those, not all three, but any two of them. So if you are classed as a big business, by that definition with HMRC, you are ultimately responsible for doing the assessment and making the deductions before paying the invoice. If you don't, then unfortunately, when HMRC come along and they do an investigation, they'll go back six years and you will be completely liable for all of the unpaid tax as well as all the fines that they might also add on top of that as well. Okay. It's a big chunk of money. <laughs> it is a big, big chunk of money. So it's, uh, it's really important that, that directors uh, really get to understand and get a feel for uh, what their situation is yeah. as an individual yeah. as well. Um, okay. No, Pete, sorry. Just um, so if you're sitting there now as a business owner and you've gone, right, okay, well, actually, I'm a small business. By the HMRC's definition, I'm a small business, so I don't need to worry about it. Um, actually, no, that's not that's not quite right because although IR35 is, is clear around responsibilities and as a big business, 
You also, on par with IR35, which is a tax legislation, have the employment status um, rumblings. So there's a significant case that went all the way up to the Supreme Court and ended in 2018 for Pimlico Plumbers that established that a contractor with his own limited business but contracted into Pimlico Plumbers was actually established at the Supreme Court to be a worker. Um, so small business owners need to be aware that although IR35, the responsibility may be with the contractor, they may well have an employment dispute regardless of what size of their business. And they will then be responsible for things like holiday pay, statutory sick pay, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. That's, that's, it can be, it's going to be pretty tricky for some, some companies. How, how, how do you expect this to, I know this is sort of looking into a crystal ball, but how do you expect this to be sort of rolled out? Are we expecting this to sort of gain some momentum over the next few months? And, you know, initially how are, how are HMRC going to pick up on, uh, on people that are maybe breaching IR35? How do we expect to see that coming through? Um, that's a really tough one to answer. I would hope everything considered um, and the, the kind of 10, 12 months that all businesses within the UK have been trading through HMRC and, the, you know, and the government and these investigations that are likely to happen, um, there is an understanding of of what we've been trading through and the and the trading environment with the pandemic. So I would very much hope that that was considered. Um, however, the, the tribunal courts especially are renowned for saying that, you know, ignorance isn't a defence. Um, knowing, but saying, I didn't know, unfortunately, doesn't, doesn't wash as well. Um, you know, so it is really important for business owners to get to grips of it. They may make a decision, well, okay, until they HMRC come knocking, I'm just going to try and, you know, see what happens. But unfortunately, you might just be one of the unlucky ones. And once that investigation starts, then, you know, they will look at, at everything. And, and facing that six years of investigations will be will be really, really tough. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, over the next 12 months, we will definitely start to see some cases and some investigations. Um, and a lot of people will be looking for the outcomes so actually where businesses are caught um, with um, disguised employees, disguised workers within their businesses, they'll be looking to see, OK, what, how much backdating has been done? Is it the full six years? Is it three? What does that look like? And also what are the fines looking like as well? Um, from a proactive stance, it's about not leaving your business vulnerable be caught out like that it's about acting now so you've got things in place as soon as possible and you're completing those assessments on your contractors to try and understand whether you have got disguised employees within your business Perfect. and then i assume the solution would be so take for example uh, a transport company and they've got some self-employed drivers who who they realize are um, disguised employees so to speak so the correct process for that would be to bring them in and, and employ them as, as drivers. Um, so it could be, yeah, it could be one of two ways, Pete. And again, it's around, um, it may look slightly different to um, your individual clients, but the two options would be either, yes, they are an employee um, and having that conversation and integrating them into the business as an employee, or it's about allowing them to be a contractor within their limited business, but it's around making the necessary deductions before the invoice is paid and very much establishing that although IR35 applies and the, and the 
deductions are needed, they haven't got employment status. And that for me, as a HR professional, is is the really grey area because we've already got lots of established case law that disputes employment status. Um, and there's three definitions um, of that will help you understand as a business owner whether you've got disguised employees. And that's around personal service. So can individuals provide a substitute if you're not able to, to come in for whatever reason? Um, the level of control between the business and the contractor um, and then mutual obligation. So is there an obligation to be offered work and to accept work on a regular basis? Um, so there are there are some online tools that you can use, um, but the feedback, unfortunately, has been that they are a little unreliable, as with all things new. Um, so there isn't a whole deal of trust in those online assessment tools, which is why it's worth engaging with a professional that can go through the assessment with you and help understand one whether there's employment status and two whether there's IR35 deductions that need to be made. Perfect and, and, and that's that's exactly um, sort of where, where we are here to say that just to reach out to yourself or, or myself and um, if, if you've got any questions or direct questions yeah. then to, yeah. to, to get in touch we'll be able to discuss that with you. Yeah, so I can give a good example, Pete, um, if you wanted me to, just of the different yeah. types of IR35, because I've actually been through IR35 assessments myself, um, so I know what it's like. Um, so as you know, I don't know whether other people are aware, um, as well as having a limited business of which I'm an employee for, for my business, I also teach as well. And I teach for, um, I teach HR and I teach leadership and management. And one of the places that I teach is a local college and university. And another one is an external provider over in London. But I teach exactly the same course. So I teach the CIPD courses. OK, so on the on the um, basis of, OK, well, you're teaching exactly the same course. You might assume that I would be either an employee or not an employee for both of them. But actually, I'm one for one and one for the other. And here's why. For the college and the university, the level of control that they have over me is really high. So I'm told what modules I have to teach, when I have to teach it, what the pass mark is. I'm um, provided with an outline of all of the materials, the teaching materials, the marking materials. Um, I can't provide a substitute. So you can see the level of control for the college and the university is very high. I can't wear branded workwear. I can't be um, a HR consultant. I'm a lecturer within that position. So I'm actually an employee of the college and the university. I'm on their payroll, I receive a wage slip and they make deductions before my wage is paid. On the other side, for the London external provider, I am actually a self-employed contractor and I've been through IR35 assessment twice with this um, and both times have established that I am very much self-employed, even though it's the same course because I write all of my own materials, I dictate when I teach, how I teach, why I teach, um, I'm responsible for a lot more of the learner activities, the, the mark rate. I'm not able to be performance managed. There's only the option to end my contractor agreement or not. No things such as disciplinaries or anything. So you can see I hold a lot more weight and control with the external provider than I do with the college and university. So actually, I'm responsible for paying my own tax when I'm teaching for the external provider. And actually, the, the college and the university are responsible for deducting my tax and insurance when I'm an employee. 
Awesome. That's a really, really good example, actually, a really good example and something that there's just, you know, I've just considered that there's um, particularly a lot of external transport managers that I that I deal with and are part of my network. So they're people who are subcontracted to uh, transport companies and will work with various companies. This is really worth getting your teeth into and making your um, operators and the businesses you work with aware of the situation because I know it's going to affect so many operators. Um, and, and the sooner sooner we're able to help, the better. So um, very much, very much uh, do get in touch and have a chat with Nikki or I, and, uh, and we'll get you pointed in the right direction. Um, Nikki, is there, is there sort of anything else that we've not covered? Um, um, well, I suppose a couple of things. So I've mentioned the online tools, which is always a really good starting point um, because it will ask you lots of questions and it will try and establish whether the person you've detailed is inside or outside of IR35. Um, but we actually use a, a checklist almost alongside for our clients where we ask questions such as, is the contractor working within a limited business? And um, do they advertise their services outside? Do they have multiple clients? Um, if they are working for you on a regular basis, do they have an email address, which is under the business name or their name? Are they on your website represented as an employee or as a contractor? Um, are they issued equipment from the business or are they free to use their own? Do they have their own insurance? You see, there's like a checklist and the more ticks you get, the more you are identifying that actually you've got a disguised worker and not a contractor. And then it's once you've identified you've got a disguised worker, it's about establishing do you look after the tax by making the deductions and being in line with IR35 or are they actually an employee that should be on your payroll? Perfect. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Thank you so much for for joining me today, Nikki. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I hope everyone who's watched and listened um, will uh, will have got some value out of it. This has gone live to uh, LinkedIn on my profile as well as the flagship partners Facebook page. I'm actually going to record it too, and it's going to go on the podcast a half dozen things as well, Nikki. So that's uh, that's re repurposing content, right? Yeah, absolutely. It is also worth noting, and I'm sure everybody would understand anyway, is just to be really clear that neither you or I are business advisors um, for IR35. It's not legal advice. It's IR35 as we understand it. And yes, we're more than capable of helping that assessment take place. Um, but business owners are responsible for completing their own assessment and seeking the help specific to their business. Yeah, great, great, great disclaimer there. I would say that it's certainly something that could be a joined up approach. It may be speaking to accountants, internal HR advisors, um, and and various different solicitors potentially as well, uh, depending on what your situation is. So uh, yeah, we're, we're absolutely advocates for making sure you get the right professional advice uh, to support your business. But certainly at the outset, do do reach out, get in touch. Um, we'd uh, love to speak to you. Uh, thank you very much for being here, Nikki. I really, really appreciate it. You've given up your time. Um, I hope people have found it worthwhile. And uh, thank you for joining us and listening in. And uh, if you like it and are interested, do share. Uh, every week on a Wednesday at 12 o'clock, I'll be going live. Um, some weeks, I'm sure Nikki will be back to, to join us as well. So uh, thank you very much, Nikki. And take care, everybody. And see you soon. See you soon. I really hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. 
you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners. And we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.